So you, you know that feeling when you walk up on a group of people and they're deep in conversation about something, but you have absolutely no idea what they're talking about? Ever been in that? Have you been in that situation lately? Um, so you just stand there, clueless, um, awkwardly shuffling your feet, just waiting for them to have two realizations. Realization one, oh, oh, you're here. And yes, yes, I am here. Thank you for acknowledging that. Uh, yeah. And realization two, oh, you don't have a clue what we're, what we're talking about. Oh, well, let me catch you up. And that's a really nice feeling if that happens, but it doesn't always happen. A lot of times we just stand there and kind of just like pretend to check our phone or that we've got, you know, something else. But we're, we're really hoping, can somebody clue me in? Can somebody include me in? It seems like something really great is happening here, but I'm an awkward outsider right now. And anybody, a little help? Anybody had that experience recently where uh, you've walked up, up on something and you're like, I have no idea what's happening who normally in those situations, you're the, the two choices are you're the outsider on the circle or you're the person who notices the outsider and you're the includer. So who would say, I'm normally the awkward outsider in those situations? Yep, yep, there we are. All the awkward people. Great. And who are the includers? Who are the, yes, we love you guys. Thank you, includers. You save us time and time again. So um, for, for four Sundays... Um, we're going to be talking about the most important question that you could answer for yourself and for your life. And that question is, who is Jesus? And um, the t- today, Jesus is going to tell us about his inner circle, his conversation that's happening. And we're going to find that he's that, that includer. He's the one who, who lets us in on his community. This church reunion, we've got, there was a whole banner theme already happening here with Oakland International High School of Flags, so we, we just went with it. So we've got our own here, green, black, and blue. And so reunion is a community following Jesus for the renewal of Oakland, and I'll just leave it there and let you fill in the blanks and, and make connections there. If the sermon's boring, just, just stare off there and, and, and just have a, have a good time with the graphics. So... Um, but we're a community following Jesus for the renewal of Oakland and what Jesus has to say about his community that he enjoys has everything to do with our community. What, what we could be, what we could have as a community has everything to do with whether or not we're going to draw life from this other community that Jesus is going to tell us about. So if you have a Bible, you can crack it open or power it on. Uh, we also have, uh, there, there's some extremely attractive, good-looking people who are just about to be walking down the, uh, the, the aisles here with Bibles, if anybody would appreciate one. Just look for the extremely attractive person and put up your hand and they'll get you a Bible. So Matthew 11, Gospel of Matthew. Um, the text is going to be on the screen as well, but um, you'll want to find it in a Bible so you can follow along. So um, 791. Page 791, if you got one, 792, if you got the Reunion Bible. And if you would, um, please stand with me. We're going to read some really good news. Matthew 11:25 through 30. At that time, Jesus said, "I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do." All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Matthew wrote these words of Jesus. He was a disciple of Jesus. He was there when Jesus spoke these words. Um, if you had the ability to go back like in time with the time machine or something and interview Matthew about these words of Jesus, what was something that jumped out at you that you'd want to ask him about? If it was, think of, is there a word or a phrase, something where you're like, that's cool, or what does that mean? Um, what jumped out at you, if you could, if you had a sit-down interview with Matthew and you could ask him anything about what we just read? He was there. He's the authority on it. Let's talk about this for a minute with one or two of our neighbors. Just say, something I, something I saw there, here's a word or a phrase I'd want to ask Matthew about. Go for it. Let's chat. All right, I'm going to interrupt because there's always one or two groups that finish sooner and then they're just looking at me like, please wrap it up, save us, save us. We don't know what to talk about anymore. So the rest of you, you're having a great time, but for their sake, I'm going to cut us off. So you guys, you guys can have a seat um, and, and let's pray as we begin. Living God, you helped Matthew to record these words of Jesus that have spoken to so many people over thousands of years would you now cause these words to leap off of the page and come alive in our hearts? Speak, Lord. We're listening. Amen. So Jesus says, come to me. First and foremost, this is an invitation to you and to me. Notice what Jesus does not say. Notice what Jesus does not invite us to. He doesn't say, come to religion. He doesn't say, come to spirituality. He doesn't even say, come to church. Some of us got an invitation to church, but uh, Jesus is inviting us to something way better, far deeper. He says, come to me. First and foremost, Jesus has called us to himself. We have been invited to a person, and not just any person, Jesus is inviting us to himself. So let's take a moment to recognize that maybe we've lost sight of the reality that we have been called into relationship with a person. For all the baggage that can come with church or Christianity or anything else affiliated with any of this stuff, any of the baggage we might bring with that, any hang-ups we might have with that, 
we might have lost sight of the reality that behind it all, the core of it all, the essence of it all, is that we have been invited into a relationship with a person. Today could be a reset for you. Even now, in your seat, you could say, Jesus, uh, I would like to accept that invitation to, be, to draw close to you. So I'm here, and I maybe have forgotten that or lost sight of that, or I didn't even know that that was available to me. But I, I want to say yes to that invitation. Yes, I will, I'll draw near if, you, if you, you'll meet me in this space, if you'll talk to me. Then Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are weary from the brokenness that they see in their family, brokenness they see happening on their street, people who are weary from the suffering that they see in the world, all who are weary from injustice that happens all around us all the time, all of us who are worn out by all the things that your friends or your crazy aunt posts on social media, Whew, that'll wear you out. It's like, I'm just, I'm just going to take a Facebook break for a while, and it's mostly because of them. Yes, yes. All who are, I'm just going to keep doing that through the sermon. Yeah. Anybody who is um, worn out from just the frantic pace of life, Bay Area life, or just life in general, where you're just like, oh, man, it's just nice to sit and breathe for a second, but whew, my heart's still going, my mind's still racing. Do you know anybody who's weary? Know anybody like that? No, I can't relate, Pastor. No, no. I have a friend. I have a friend. I wish they were here. They really need to hear this today. I know. I know. It's too bad. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and overburdened. Now, to understand what Jesus is saying here, we've got to take a moment to nerd out. Any, uh, any self-acknowledged nerds in the room? You're good with it? Yes, yes, yes. My people... So um, I just want to nerd out with you for a minute. Can I do that? Can I nerd out on you? Okay, great. It doesn't matter if you say yes or no. I was still going to nerd out. I just wanted you to feel empowered. Um, In the English language, um, verbs function in two voices, active and passive. So active, I kiss. Passive, I am kissed. But in the Greek, in the language that Matthew is writing in, Verbs function in three voices. There's the active, there's the passive, and what's called the middle. So active, I kiss. Passive, I am kissed. And the middle, I kiss myself. When Jesus says... (laughs) That's all you're going to remember from today. (laughs) That moment, that's it. And I'm okay with that, all right. When Jesus says, all who are overburdened, it's in the middle voice. Come to me, all who have overburdened themselves. You know anybody who's overburdened themselves? No, no, Pastor, I can't relate, but I'm going to get the recording of this sermon, and I'm going to give it to my friend who they do this to themselves all the time. I really wish they were here. I really wish they were here. That would have been great. For the most part, excessive weariness It's our own doing. We do this to ourselves all the time. So let's take a moment and let the Spirit of God speak to us about this. Lately, God, how have I overburdened myself? What's weighing heavy on me right now? What's what's troubling my thoughts and my dreams? Where in my body am I feeling tension? Come to me, 
all who are weary, all who have overburdened themselves, and I will give you rest. Then Jesus gets really specific about what kind of rest he wants to give to us. He says, you'll find rest for your souls. Our souls, that's, that's where we really need to be rested. Would you agree? Our bodies and our brains are weary because our souls are weary. We are soul tired and what we need is soul rest. Come to me, Jesus says, and I'll put your innermost being at rest. But how? How does Jesus want to rest our innermost being? Are you ready? You ready? Take my yoke upon you. Uh, Jesus, I'm sorry, that makes zero sense. Taking up a yoke is going to rest my soul. This is your antidote for weariness. Jesus, really, seriously. If Jesus had said, take a leisurely stroll in Yosemite. If Jesus had said, take a vacation in Kauai. I would have been like, that makes great sense, Jesus. Fantastic advice. I'll get on Airbnb right now. Yes. Favorite scripture verse right there. Go to Kauai. In the words of Jesus, that's not what Jesus says, though. He says, take my yoke upon, me, upon you. That's so confusing and so strange and so weird because a yoke is a symbol for work and for hard work. Yokes are placed on animal shoulders to enable them to carry more than they were already carrying. We call them beasts of burden. I'm sorry, Jesus, I... How is taking up a yoke going to unburden my overburdened soul? I don't, I don't get this whole rest thing that you're proposing here. Come to me, and I will rest you. Take my yoke upon you, and your soul, your inner being, will find rest. Do you wonder what Jesus is getting at? Are you like me? Are you going, where's this going? What's the, what do you mean? You ready? Ready? Here it is. Jesus is telling us that we are weary because we are wearing the wrong yoke. Rest will come if we switch yokes. You see, the question is never, will I wear a yoke? Of course you will. We all will. We all do. The question is always, which yoke will I wear? The, the question is never, will I be a disciple? Will I follow somebody? Of course you will. The question is always, whose disciple am I going to be? The question is never, will I be pressured by a spirit? The question is always, of all the spirits of the age that call my name, that, 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 that pull me towards them, to which spirit am I going to yield my life? The question is never, will I wear a yoke? The question is always, whose yoke am I going to wear? And Jesus is telling us we are weary, we are overburdened because we are wearing the wrong yokes. And Jesus says, switch yokes, take up mine. But then he says something that seems like a gigantic contradiction. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's uh, a paradox or an oxymoron? I think that's an oxymoron. Yeah, a light burden. Seriously, how's a yoke easy? How, how, how can a burden be light? So we've got to get really specific. We have to ask, what is Jesus' yoke? 
First clue, Jesus calls it my yoke. Meaning, this is something that Jesus himself wears. That's the key. Whatever this yoke is, it is something that Jesus himself wears. Like my sweater, I wear it. And this yoke, Jesus wears it. And the men and the women in Jesus' life, they could see this yoke all the time at work in his life. They saw the difference that it made in his life. As it turns out, Jesus has been wearing this yoke for all eternity. He wore it before he took on our humanity. From the cradle to the cross to the resurrection to his ascension, he is wearing it even right now. So what is it? What is Jesus' yoke? Is it his new law? The, the rabbis, the, the Jewish teachers of Jesus' day, they referred to how you carried out, how you followed the Torah as a yoke. So it'd be easy to conclude, as lots of people have, that Jesus has brought a new yoke, which is his new law. It's his new Torah. But is that what Jesus says here in Matthew? It's not. So what is Jesus' yoke? You ready? You ready? I think this is the last time I'm going to ask you if you're ready, if that's getting, anno- if that's getting annoying. You ready? All right. Jesus' yoke that he himself wears is his relationship with the one that he calls Father. We can know this if we honor the way that Matthew has remembered Jesus' words. Most of us begin where Jesus says, come to me. But that's not where the quote begins. Jesus has been saying stuff for quite a while before he says, come to me. That's not where Matthew begins. He begins in verse 25. If you're looking up to, up to verse 25, he says a whole bunch of things before he gets to come to me. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I praise you, Father. That's how it starts. And then Jesus goes on to express his complete trust in his Father's wisdom and authority and how he's doing things. As it turns out, Jesus has been interacting with somebody else this entire time that he's been talking. And that someone is the one that Jesus calls Father. Now, the first Christians, they tried really hard to express accurately and truthfully the reality of who God is. Because you don't want to mess that one up. Because if you get a broken picture of God, it's going to mess up everything. But if you have the right picture of God, it's going to affect everything for the best. And they really wanted to express the reality of who God is. Is And in the end, that's, that pursuit, that search, it'll lead you and I to humility. Because who God is, is a mystery. And now by mystery, I don't mean it's something we can't understand. It means it has to be uncovered. It means it's something you and I would never figure out on our own. It has to be revealed to us. And so when Jesus comes to us, he reveals that God is not alone. God has never been alone. Because you see, God is a community, a fellowship. God is a relationship. At the center of the universe, at the core of it all, holding it all together, at the source of it all, there is a relationship. And Jesus' call of come to me and take my yoke upon you, the call comes out of that relationship. 
His words come out of a conversation that's already been going on, a conversation that he's been having with his father. Like those moments when you and I have walked into a conversation that's already been going on, but then Jesus, he turns to us from that conversation. He turns to us from that relationship and he says, you want to join us? You want to be a a part of what's happening here? He turns to us from that conversation and he is the includer. Jesus turns to us and he says, take up my yoke that you see me wearing right now. My yoke is my relationship with my father and I am calling you to join me in it. In this moment, Jesus the son, he's in communion with his father and Jesus really likes his father. That's a huge, huge understatement. Jesus' relationship with his father is the secret to his identity, his ability to, uh, to minister to people. He draws life and strength and wisdom and creativity from this relationship. It's, it's how he was able to do and say everything that he did and said. We cannot understand Jesus apart from his passion for his father. We walk up on this conversation that's already been going on, And out of that conversation, Jesus turns to us and says, you want to join us? Jesus' yoke is his relationship with his Father. And his burden? His burden is is to please his Father. Jesus lives to please the Father. In John's Gospel, he says, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. Jesus carries out his entire ministry for an audience of one. And he calls us to do the same, to live our lives for an audience of one. Yes, the the, the needs of broken humanity pull at Jesus all the time. Literally, the word is that they pulled at his guts, the things that he saw that broke his heart. But the needs did not set the agenda for Jesus. He cares deeply about the needs of the people around him, but their requests did not shape the rhythm of his day-to-day existence. He didn't live by the tyranny of them setting his calendar for them and him following whatever to-do list they, they wrote for him. He also doesn't hang on the approval of the religious leaders of his day. He doesn't live to please the political leaders of his day, Herod or Pilate. He's not even driven to be validated by his disciples, his closest friends, his brothers and sisters, his parents, even his parents. He says, did you not know, Mom and Dad, I had to be about my father's business? These words spoken at the age of 12 shaped his whole career. His yoke is his relationship with the Father. And his burden is to please his Father. Period. Come to me, all who are weary. Take my yoke upon you. Bear my burden. And you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now there's still those contradictory words. How can a yoke be easy? How can a burden be light? How is that possible? You ready? I told you that last time was the last time, but I forgot. I put another are you ready in my notes. I didn't intentionally lie. I, I just forgot. You ready? Sweet. 
How is it possible for a yoke to be easy? How is it possible for a burden to be light? It's possible because it's for this that you and I have been created. It's for this that we have been redeemed. Jesus says, my, my yoke is easy. And the, the, the word, the original word in the Greek is crestus. And when, when that word refers to, to people, it means kind. Oh, that person's really crestus. They're really kind. It means, when it's referring to things, it means well-fitting. Jesus says, my, my yoke is, is crestus. It's well-fitting for me. And the reason it fits so well is because my whole identity and existence are in the Father. So it's a, it's a perfect fit. I was made for this. And it's well-fitting for you and for me because you and I were created for, we are being redeemed for that very same identity and existence. At the center of the universe is a relationship, a relationship between a father, a son, and the spirit. And some of the words to describe the dynamic of this relationship, words would be like life, joy, creativity, peace, goodness, delight. That's the dynamic at the center of the universe. You and I have gotten little tastes of that every now and then in our families or on teams that we've been a part of. You get a little, you get a little glimpse, a little moment of that dynamic in those relationships. That was a hint. That was a teaser of what we can find at the center of the, of the universe, the relationship at the center of the universe. And you and I were made out of that relationship. And you and I were made for that relationship. Jesus' yoke is the inner circle of who God is. And can you believe it? Jesus calls us to join him in it. And so Dallas Willard can say, it's being included in the eternal life of God that heals all wounds and allows us to stop demanding satisfaction because what else matters of a personal nature once it's clear that you've been included Jesus invites us to himself to experience the life of the Trinity that he enjoys all the time. And in this invitation, Jesus has just given us everything that we need, everything that we desire. Identity, meaning, our purpose, our connection. This is what we find in the relationship at the center. But isn't it true that we can live from other centers? False centers. Centers that can't hold. Centers that, that will let us down at one point or another. Have you ever given your life to a center that let you down? Just me? A couple of us? Great. Yeah, not great. Sorry. <laughs> I just mean like I'm not the only one great. Okay, cool. Jesus has just given us a center that can hold. The relationship at the center of the universe is inexhaustible. Why? Because God's not lonely. God's not needy. Did you know that God did not create you out of loneliness or out of neediness? Before we arrived, God was already complete. God was not alone. God had everything that God needed. We were not created out of loneliness or neediness. We were created out of a love that God was already enjoying. The feeling is, man, this is too good to keep to ourselves. We need, to, we, need to, we need to share this. This is great. And so we can come in our own loneliness, in our own brokenness, in our own insecurity, in our own fear of rejection. We can come bringing all of those things into a relationship that is full of connection and goodness and life. And we cannot exhaust the goodness of this place. 
Jesus invites you and me to find a center that can hold. A place where we can ground our need for identity, our need for meaning, our need for connection, inclusion, and all of our own personal endeavors and relationships and dreams and desires. It's true. Those things, if those become the center of your existence, they make for a really bad center and they will let you down. But we no longer have to choke all the life and the marrow out of our relationships and our endeavors and our desires, demanding that people or lifelong dreams make us happy, make me complete. Have you ever been in a relationship where you have been choked by that kind of feeling? Maybe it wasn't said, but you felt it. I have been the person who has choked the life out of a relationship, asking somebody else to make me complete making another dream make me feel complete. But when we live from our true center, these things get to be enjoyed as gifts. They can be gifts that point us to a giver. So there were, there were once uh, two Irish men, Uncle Seamus and his nephew Ed, and I'm not going to attempt an Irish accent, but I'll tell you that it was Uncle Seamus' 80th birthday, and on that day, Seamus and Ed, they, they got up before dawn, dressed in silence, and they took, a, they took a walk along the shore of Lake Killarney, and they stopped to watch the sunrise. And they just stood there side by side, without a single word exchanged, and they just stared straight at the rising sun as it, as it came up, and, just, and they just had a moment. But then suddenly, the 80-year-old man turns and just goes running down the road, skipping even, and he's got, he's radiant and he's smiling from ear to ear. And uh, his nephew doesn't know what to do with this. He, he chases after him and he catches up with him. And he says, Uncle Seamus, you, you look really happy. And Uncle Seamus says, yeah, I am, lad. Well, you want to tell me why? And Uncle Seamus says, yeah, you see, my father... He's very fond of me. If I asked you the question, do you honestly believe that God likes you? Not, not just loves you because, you know, theologically God has to love everybody. But does God like you? How would you respond? Could you answer with gut level honesty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My father's very fond of me. If you're not there, but you want to be, I have the best news for you. Today, Jesus is inviting you to take your first steps into the relationship at the center of the universe. But what's a first step? What would that even be like? Jesus says, learn from me. In his everyday human existence, Jesus the Son lives out his relationship with the Father, and he does this in everyday human terms. Jesus got hungry. Jesus got tired. Jesus got frustrated. But in everyday human terms, Jesus, before other people, showed us what it's like to live in this living dynamic with the Father. He says, learn from me, meaning, watch me do this. I'll show you how. I will show you how to live in trust and connection and intimacy. Just pick any one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, 
And just start looking with, with those glasses. Start looking for when Jesus is modeling for us what it's like in just everyday human existence to live connected to the Father. Look for Jesus interacting with the Father. Look for Jesus trusting the Father. Look for Jesus enjoying the Father. Look for Jesus acknowledging the Father's presence. Jesus does this in everyday human terms, meaning this is something you and I can learn how to do. Learn from me, Jesus says, because I'm, I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And isn't that the kind of teacher you want to learn from? Somebody who's gentle, you know? Because we're going we're gonna to goof this up. We're going to make mistakes. But he's like, it's all right. I'm gentle and humble in heart. I got you. Learn from me. Keep learning. Come on. This week and the next, we've got community groups that are meeting in different places. And you, sh- you should join the conversation that's happening and here's what we need to be talking about. And regardless of anything else we talk about, what we've got to talk about, let's look through one of the Gospels, at least, for a moment where you see Jesus living out his relationship with the Father. Find a moment that really jumps out at you. Find a moment that's speaking to you, even if you're not sure why. You're just like, man, that one right there really intrigues me. We've got three community groups meeting throughout the week. There's a men's group on Tuesday nights in Oakland. There's a co-ed group on Wednesday nights in Alameda. There's another co-ed group on Monday nights. This one's going to meet in Danville for any folks who have made the drive out to be part of reunion. Um, Could all the community group leaders just pop your hand up real quick? Wave wave your hand. Here we go. 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 Awesome. And me me also with Ken. Um, So we're going to have lunch uh, after this, and and you could meet them, and and they could tell you about their group, and you could see if uh, if it's a good fit, if it works for um, schedule and life and everything like that. They would love to tell you more. all the community group info is on your seat. But this month, let's be talking in a group about how we see Jesus living out his relationship with the Father and what that is saying to our own lives. And, and now to take this to a, to a fun place, um, I want to invite my friend uh, Deborah up to join me. Yeah, and uh, just come up this way here. And then there's the mic right here uh, by the blue curtain. So uh, can we welcome Deborah up? And this one right there, the microphone, yeah. Uh, just keep going, back, turn, turn, right there, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Deborah, you should know, is a local artist, and as we have been uh, talking about, actually, yeah, that's a good spot. And I'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, as we've been talking about Jesus' yoke, she had an art piece that she created. You may, might have seen it when you came in. It's on this wire rack here hanging, and uh, right there in the middle, and if you didn't see it, uh, we'll have it here so you can see see more of it, but She's created an art piece that gives us a helpful picture of what God is like and, and these things that we've been talking about this morning. So um, um, it's, it, the, it'll be much, much better when you look at it there, but we do have it blown up here, and hopefully you can see some detail. So, um, Deborah, what, what, first of all, just what, what inspired this piece? My husband made a trip to Cambodia with uh, a friend of ours who is Cambodian and was a survivor of the Cambodian genocide Mm. 50 years ago. And so I didn't get a chance to go, but I just was really drawn by some of the photos that were taken during this trip. Let's see um, that that one there, yeah. yeah. And so... What's happening here? Here is an archival photo from a museum that was showing uh, the POWs that were put into... uh, forced labor, and they are, um, you know, with guards that are uh, enslaving them, basically, to be uh, working the rice fields. And and those were all of the uh, 
leaders, previous leaders of Cambodia, the, the intellectuals and the poten potential dissidents, and they were all put to forced labor. Now here's a uh, modern or current photo of um, just seeing the healing that has happened in Cambodia and seeing the beautiful landscape and the contrast, I guess, of the horror that had happened there 50 years ago, and then now seeing the, the beautiful green fields and the restoration that has happened there. And mm -hmm. so here, um, this photo that my husband took of uh, just a cow herder, and he, as the, the cows are following him, and just the simple life that he has. And then, um, I guess going back to um, the sure, art yeah, piece, yeah. just I, I did a um, contrast or, or a, a juxtaposition mm -hmm. of having the uh, prisoners of war in the background in the horizon, kind of the past and the, the present, and just showing how out of our suffering and, and burden can come a healing, mm. a restoration. Mm. And I thought it was very fitting with the idea of carrying your yoke, and um, that here was the, well, I, I called him the shepherd, even though he's herding cows. <laughs> but just seeing that the, how all of the cows are trusting him and um, following his lead. So. Mm. So I Beautiful. Thank you, Deborah, Thank so you. much. All right. Thank you. All right. And, you know, I guess I want to also add that I just appreciate that Andy has uh, welcomed me to share my artwork because uh, I, I guess I really want to have uh, use of being creative, and God has called me to be creative, um, as all of us, and to find new ways of expressing um, what our vision and what our hope is, and to be able to, uh, um, I don't know, uh, to, to find a new way of, 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 of telling the story, mm -hmm. I guess. And so, uh, any opportunity to support the arts, I just appreciate that uh, yeah. that uh, I could have a, a, a community here. Thank you. So and well, and, and Deborah, I, I I feel like to to build on what you're saying, sometimes you need to hear truth. Sometimes sometimes you need to see it. Sometimes you need to experience it. Sometimes there's no other way that God's gonna make a connection for somebody until maybe it comes through your eyes. Maybe mm -hmm. it comes through your senses in some other way. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank this you. is gonna stick with me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, Deborah's going to be doing a, a, a talk, uh, an art talk, um, in the not-too-distant future. And so when you look at her art piece um, later on, also ask her about that, and she'll let you know what's coming up. Um, so every relationship has a starting point. Our gentle and, and our humble teacher, Jesus, has, has invited us to take one step closer. So what is your next step? It's, it's a different answer for all of us. If, if God has been speaking to you this morning, um, you can respond in, in worship and connect with God at a, at a heart, soul level. Maybe God's been talking to you this morning and you want to keep that conversation going. And there are folks here who would love to pray with you and just, you know, whatever God's been talking to you about, they would love to take that further with you in prayer. Um, they'll, they'll be here in the room on, on the sides here. And, um, and then this morning, everybody has the opportunity to celebrate communion got the bread and, uh, and the cup here. Um, if you are a Christ follower, then, then this table is, has been set for you. 
we are going to celebrate the truth that our access and our friendship to God has been restored. And we'll do that with the bread and the cup, with uh, these, these pictures that Jesus gave us where he said, this is my body, this is my blood. This is the way that I have rescued you from everything that was standing between you and me. There's going to be this station right here, and um, we uh, here at Reunion we'll do uh, rip and dip. So you can rip off a piece of bread and then dip it in the cup. And uh, if you're not a Christ follower, but you, you, but you want to participate, when you come to the communion station, um, just cross your arms over your chest, and that will let the communion team know that uh, you'd appreciate them praying a blessing over you. And uh, you can participate in that way. So the bread and the cup are ready. Uh, the worship team's coming up now. And uh, let's take time to respond to God through worship, through prayer, through communion. Uh, If you would, uh, bow your heads with me, and I'll, I'll pray for us as we move into this time.